0: Hello you. Welcome to another episode of Actors Making It, the podcast where I have conversations with actors on their journey to making it, in whatever way making it may mean to them. So this week's guest is an Aussie actor, Lee Shorten. Lee quit law to pursue an acting career, and as someone of Asian heritage and not seeing himself represented on Australian screens, Lee packed his bags and headed for the bright lights and relocated to the Hollywood of the North, Vancouver, to try and make it in the world of acting. In this episode, we discuss all sorts such as how far the pendulum has swung regarding diversity and how Lee actually thinks it's harder now than what it was before. We also have a really interesting discussion around the O-1 visa and some of the restrictions. Um, it turns out that it really isn't as easy as just having an O-1 and being able to work. Lee is such a lovely bloke and now he's trying his luck in Hollywood. His credits include exciting shows such as Supernatural, Arrow, and a recurring role on The Man in the High Castle. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Actors Making It. Yay! Hi, Lee. Hey, Danny. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it.
1: No, thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah, no, absolute pleasure. I'd love, uh, love to see Aussies making it in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of us, plenty of us.
0: Well, uh, like everything that I hear is that, um, that Americans love Aussies for our work ethic and, um, ability to do American accents and stuff. So it's the place to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. apparently.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you very much for um, agreeing to have a chat with me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to learn all about your journey to making it. Um, and obviously about what you're, what you've got going on, um, I was just reading your uh, biography earlier and it's uh, talked about the fact that you uh, went to law school and, and practiced law. Was, did you, did, did you, how did acting kind of, how did, how did you pivot? <laughs> what, 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 where, how, I feel like there's like two totally different things. How did you go from lawyer to, to actor?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a journey, I guess, you know, um... I wasn't one of those kids who always wanted to be an actor and like love being on the stage or, or any of that really. Um, but I was that kid who always really liked film and television. You know, I, I watched, you know, the, the director commentary tracks and all the DVDs and I loved all the behind the scenes and all the making of and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I grew up in a small town, graduated um, high school and had decent grades, didn't know what to do with my life. And, uh, Everyone basically said, "Well, you have to go to law school or med school. That's like your only options, or you're, you know, throwing your life away, or whatever." Um, (laughs) Well, you know how people. So I did. I did that. Hated it. Hated it so much. Um, And I knew I would, but uh, you just can't see the things that the other options. But um, so then I was uh, approaching my thirties, and I thought, well. I kind of could see my whole life laid out ahead. Of me. You know, if I stay in this job, I'm going to get a mortgage. I'm going to marry my current girlfriend. And, and I thought, well, that's okay, but maybe I should, just before I lock all that in, I should give something else, just just roll the dice. And I thought, what makes me happy? Film and TV makes me really happy. You know, and I was still that guy who was like, this is the movie, we've got to go see this Thursday boys. You know, like I, I still loved it. And I always say this, and it's so stupid now that I've been in the industry, but at the time when you don't know anything about it, I was like, got my lawyer brain on, and I'm like, right, so when they make a movie, there's like one director, but there's like 50 actors, so being an actor must be the easiest way to get into the business, and then I'll just see what happens, so that's why I picked acting. Looking back, that was really not really the right point of view, but anyway, it worked out, so.
0: It's, easy. it's the easiest industry to break into, the, out of all of the industries.
1: Totally, oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> just take one.
0: Um, okay, and 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 okay, cool. So a love of, love for film and TV, uh, led you to acting. Um, you, you mentioned, you said that you would. They, they said that medical, like a doctor or a lawyer, was your only option. When you say they. Who do you mean by that? Like parents? No, I I was like
1: parents and parents and teachers, kind of like everyone in my life. Uh, Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um, How did, I guess, that make you feel when you were younger about, you know, this is your only, this is your only option if you had desires for other stuff? I
1: mean, Again, like I guess it was like I really didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. So,
2: um,
1: I, and I always just felt I don't know about you, but like I, I always feel bad about like letting people down. You know what I mean? Like I'm very like used to be a bit of people pleaser, and, and especially when I was younger, like very like wanted to do the right thing by like the authority figures in my life and stuff. And so I think when people said like you had to, it was like, well, your grades are decent, so like you have a responsibility to do. To, to, to take a career path that's going to allow you to make a like a, a an important in air quotes you know contribution to society. Like if you don't if you don't do law school or med school, like what are you going to do? And it won't be as important, and you'll be wasting whatever you have. So I just felt a lot of like pressure and responsibility right. to live up to that.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, okay, cool. So. You said you were approaching your thirties when you decided you wanted to give yeah. give acting a go. What what did it look like for you trying to pivot into that into this industry? What did you, how did you kind of get there?
1: Uh I mean, like I, again, I knew nothing, and I and I I knew we had a bit of a film and TV industry in Australia, but to be honest, like I thought about like it was a bit smaller, and whenever I watched Aussie stuff. I mean, I, I don't think I ever saw an Asian person person on, on like an Australian television show. So I was like, I, if, I, if I try it here, that's just probably not going to work out. So it was LA. And then I thought, well, it's tough to get a visa straight away to LA. And even though LA is like the center, the, pools, the pool is so huge, maybe it's hard to kind of break in there. So then I started looking at where other people where there are other production hubs. And I saw Vancouver was supposed to be North Hollywood. And I saw that as Aussies, we could get a, you know, that work visa. So I thought, you know what? I'll just, I'll just move to Canada and just see if I can, I can break in there and see what happens. Uh, Okay. And and again, sorry.
2: And that's what you did. Oh yeah. 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 But I
1: I had no idea what I was doing. Like I was just, just complete nothing really. It was just a shot in the dark.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's so interesting that um, you saw that you weren't represented in Australia, so therefore you just, moved, you just moved straight to Vancouver and that's where you started your acting journey.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, wow. Okay. How long ago was that? When did you, when did you move to Vancouver? Uh,
2: that was, God, seven or eight years ago.
0: Okay. Yeah, nice. All right, so talk me through it. If you didn't know what you were doing, and you just wanted to be an actor, and you moved to Vancouver, what was the what did you, what, what did you do? How did you kind of get your foot in the door?
1: Yeah, so um, I figured I should go to school because I don't know anything about acting, and and, um, and and but also because when I moved to Vancouver, I knew no one. Like I I knew no one in that city or whatever. So I also thought if I go to school, you know, I will get a bit of a network on the ground i'll get to meet some people and have some kind of structure so i just researched some schools just picked one uh enrolled in the program it's like a six-month program um uh, oh. and then and then just went there um uh, again i knew nothing so it was like it was like really a fresh start i learned a lot because everything i thought i knew about acting was wrong uh, <laughs> and you know i met some met some good people and, and had some good mentors and then it just happened to be that uh you know this school had agents come in you know every couple of weeks to talk to the clubs and you know a bunch of the agents were just like i, I guess they they were kind of intrigued by this asian australian lawyer guy so i got some meetings and then i, I got signed and and then um, just started going out. So I, I was very lucky, very lucky.
0: Yeah, wow, okay. Do you, did you, considering your reason for moving to Vancouver was because you didn't see kind of Asians on television in Australia, um, what's the, what was the kind of diversity like when you moved to Vancouver? It was, how did that, how was that different to what you viewed Australia?
1: Uh, I mean, it's it's a good question. Um, it was better, but it's still not great. I mean, I think I think when I started, it was like less than one percent of all speaking roles were were for were, were Asian, um, mm-hmm. you know, across both genders. Uh, but I think. This was just a a couple of years before Crazy Rich Asians. And I think I got lucky in that the agent who signed me, I think he kind of read the tea leaves a bit and saw that maybe diversity was going to become a little bit more to the forefront. So he was was thinking, well, and especially in Vancouver at the time when I was over there, there was really only like one other Asian male in my age range. So he also, I guess he thought, and he didn't have any Asians on his roster, uh, oh no! Sorry, he had one, but the, the Asian guy was like in his fifties, so he didn't have any young Asians. So he was like, "Well, you know, can't can't really hurt." I'll just you just go out and all the young Asian breakdowns, and if you suck, you suck, and if you book, then that's better. And, and uh you know, definitely when I started again, there weren't many of us, and there weren't a lot of opportunities. You know, like I think I would get my 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 white peers would get at least ten, fifteen times the number of auditions I had for sure. And you know, I, I'd go in an audition, right. you know, and it'd be an open ethnicity breakdown. And if there's ten people in the room, there'd be eight white guys, one black guy, and me. Uh, so it was still it was still pretty tough back back then.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did that? Uh, how did that kind of impact you? Uh, I guess mentally, knowing that you were kind of being pitted against. The white guys and the, the, the diversity wasn't really it wasn't as diverse uh, then as it, as it's becoming a little bit more now. how did that kind of impact you?
1: you know the funny thing is like I think it hits me harder now, even though it 's better because it still has a long way to go than again because i think I think back then you know I had no expectations because I was so green and, and and you know you know when you first start like. You, you just like you get your first audition You're like oh i can't believe i've actually got an audition oh my god i'm i'm actually gonna go in and read this scene like i'm, I'm auditioning for this show that i watched on tv like it feels everything feels so um you know surreal and miraculous so back then um I felt great all the time. You know, like every time you get an audition, it'd be for like one line, security guard number two, and you'd be like, this is amazing. Whereas, you know, now I feel like it it's yeah. me a lot harder. Now that I have more expectations and more experience and knowledge, now mentally I think it's, it's worse than it was then.
0: Right, okay. Okay, well then talk to me about that now then. Talk, talk to me about the, the industry now when we're kind of in this um, world where... Diverse casting is very, I guess, more in the forefront um, of, of people's minds. Talk me through what that means for you
2: now, then.
1: Uh, it's such a weird thing now, I think. And, you know, like every every demographic has its challenges. Um, but it's interesting that I think In a way, before, even though it was worse, there were more open ethnicity breakdowns you could go out for. Whereas now it's become a little bit more specific. So, like, let's say there's more Asian roles, but it's still like, I think it's like 3% now or 5% of all the roles. So it's like better than it was, but still really low. So now there's both more and less opportunity because now you won't really go out for an open ethnicity role, you'll only go out for Asian roles. So that that right. kind of changes things. So there's more of them, but they're more specific, which, you know, is a two-edged sword. And then within those Asian roles now, there's this real push for hyper-authenticity where it's just like the Chinese, if it's Chinese character, you have to have Chinese background. If it's Japanese, you have to have Japanese background, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which again, it's like, on one hand, I understand that it comes from this place of Asians aren't a monolith, like there's cultural differences between them. But then on the other, I'm like, well, opportunities too limited for that, especially like Southeast Asians get really screwed over by that. And also it's a double standard in that we don't really hold white actors to the same standard. We're not like, well, this character, you have to have, you know, Germ- German ancestry to read for this character, or you have to have Italian ancestry. Like, you know, anyone can be in House of Gucci. Right, it's not quite the same. More and more, the Asian roles yeah. are like you got to be bilingual, like you have to do martial arts. So it's so weird in that like there's there's slightly more opportunity, but it's so specific in a way. There's less opportunity unless
0: you yeah. can do all so the, the pendulums. Yeah, so the pendulum has kind of swung so far into the. Um... Into the favour of being authentic, and um, from a diversity perspective, that it means it's less opportunity.
1: Yeah, in a, in a weird way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. that must be super frustrating.
1: It is. <laughs> like, it's, it's. I'm lucky. I've got this group, and there's like, uh, it's about thirty of us, and we're all Asian males around this age around like we're all like around like the 30s category so we share auditions and stuff and honest i I swear to god every every second one is like must speak cantonese must speak japanese must and we're always just like well here's another one where like 90 percent of us can't even read for it because we're not all like super fluent in six languages you know yeah
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah. Okay. I can imagine that that would just be ridiculously frustrating. Um, I'm okay. So are you, um, do you act full time or do you work outside of acting? Um, I, I,
1: so I'm in a bit of a situation where, so I, I'm in America on an one visa,
0: um,
1: which means you can only work as an actor. So I, I, okay. But but if I was here on a green card, I, I would for sure have another job because yeah, I don't earn, I don't really earn that much. I'm just like, I, I kind of anticipated this, so I just like saved and saved and saved. But like, I'm I'm burning that, you know, you know how it is. So. I
0: definitely know how it is. Um, okay, so I like to ask this question um, to see the progression, I suppose, of your thought process when you, even though you knew nothing. Um, and you decided to move to Vancouver to pursue a career of acting. What was your idea of if I this if I reach this point, I've made it. This is this is what I this is what I'm going for. This is what success looks like for me.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good question. You know, my original thought was if I don't if I'm not auditioning within a year and a half, I'm just going to quick move back to Australia so that was the that was the that was the first kind of bar but in terms of making it I thought I thought if I could if I could become like a recurring on a tv show I will have I will have you know like made it in a sense Um, that that was my
2: okay um
0: have you achieved that in your career so far
1: I mean I got I got super lucky. Uh you know, I recurred for two years on Man in the High Castle and I think I booked that in my second or third year out. So like I, I hit that really early. But then I didn't real you know, like and and you know, like the goals are always changing. Um, but as a, being hired as a local, the pay's really bad. So even recurring on a TV show isn't enough to pay the bills. And then, you know, then you start to be like Said so to be like, well, I'm recurring, but like I, you know, I'm a tertiary player, so like the the, uh, the, the you don't really have a character arc, and all those things aren't that satisfying. So yeah, but, you know, you don't have the goalposts, and you just keep. <laughs> sure,
0: sure. So, what's, um, has your idea of making it then changed now? So, what's your idea of what success looks like for you now?
1: You know, I have. I've come to the either the enlightened or nihilistic view that there is no making it. There is no making it. Um, okay. Cuz I a friend of mine who who's been in the industry for a long time I was talking to him one day and he was like do you think do you think anyone at any stage of this business is happy and they have everything they want. And I was like I I guess not. And he's like no he's like you know if, even if you're like Adam Sandler, you probably want to branch out a comedy. Or if you know, like if you're Steve Buscemi, you might want to do a rom com. He's like, no matter where you are, you will want something more than what you have. And, you know, even when I was just on a movie talking to Glenn Close, she was talking about things that she wanted and you know that she didn't have, or losing roles to like Francis McDormand or whatever. So for better or worse, I realized there just is no making.
0: Okay. That That's really interesting. That's the you're the first person that has kind of like given that type of response.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Which Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody has their ideas. Like I mean, who wouldn't want to make who wouldn't want to get to a point where they're a household name and they're making good money every time they work and, you know, if you have a year off acting, it doesn't really matter because you've got enough money in the bank, so right, <laughs> I'm right. fine. Um, but to hear to hear that there is no making it is is really interesting. But I mean, but it's not it's not also surprising because you're right. I think as we go along this journey, we set ourselves so many different um, levels or platforms, and we, we're I think we're constantly living in a in the future, a little mm-hmm. bit, because it's like if I can just get an agent, then I'll be happy. If I can just get, or if I can get in the room, then 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 I know that I'm doing something right. If I can just book a role, if I can book something, then I'm then I'm doing fine. And then there's it's a progression of like I still we still need more and we still want more. And I guess that's kind of similar for any career, right? I mean, even if you're a lawyer, you're stri- you're striving to become a partner and then a named partner and all of these different things so i guess it's similar for for any career um but i don't know acting is just kind of one where it feels like it's so difficult to get to those different levels along the way
1: totally and 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 i think you, you hit it in that like every career has its challenges but i think this is the one that is the least like linear Right, because you know, I feel like every other job, you're always incrementally moving up, whereas you know, our business, yeah, it's that's that's not a reality at all.
0: <laughs> it definitely isn't. Um, so, you know, you've talked a little bit about that. You've you've been quite fortunate and quite lucky um, in your career so far, and it sounds like you've had some great um, successes, which is which is fantastic. How what's the what does your world look like now? You're on an O one, so you don't. You can't work outside of acting. Um, how do you kind of keep yourself motivated? What do you what do, you, what do, you do uh, kind of at the moment? What's your life look like?
1: Uh, well, the pandemic has, uh, has also uh, reduced the scope of it significantly. Of uh, man, you know, I, 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 I try to write a little. I work out. I read, watch TV, play video games, and then I audition when I audition and work when I can. And, but it's pretty, I think it's pretty just like the, the grind, it's still on the grind level, you know? So.
0: Okay, cool. So, um, then can you talk, to, talk, me, talk to me what the grind looks like for you then? Um, cause you know, that's the stuff that I love to hear about because, you know, as I said, uh, bef- earlier before we were, before we started recording, um, People don't, a lot of people don't realize that acting is a fucking grind. Like you've got to hustle to get anywhere. So what does your hustle look like to get you, to get to, to get you to the non making it, uh, to your next level?
1: Uh, you know, I, you know, I still like, I'll do, I, I, like, I hate the term networking. because It's kind of a gross connotation for me, but like I, I still try to find what and I think you know, and I, I think it's also important like to in a non condescending way to like give back or whatever. So I still actively are out there, like if, if if writers are having a table read for their script, like emerging writers, I'll be like, sure, I'll I'll come and do your table read or you know, like are oh, you shooting a comedy sketch on the weekend, I'll come out and work that, you know, for free or for scale or you know, it all depends and so I'll, I'm still very invested in like the indie community, and it keeps you sharp, and and you know you meet interesting people. So like that will be part of it. And the other part is just you know, great. Here's a ten page audition. I'm just going to have to work on that, and
2: that's that's the grind. Because you know, I'm in a little bit of a weird place
1: in that. I don't really know what to do because like, you know, obviously in this craft, you're always going to get better. I'm not saying like I'm at the, I should have an Oscar already and I'm at the pinnacle, but I know or I feel confident my work is in a decent enough place, right? Like, you know, I consistently get pinned, veils checked, shortlisted. I, you know, I tested for like four series regs last year. Like I, I feel like I'm doing something okay, but I just can't hit the next level but I also feel like hitting the next level is now beyond anything I can actually do myself. It's literally now just going to be someone will like give me that shot. And I I can't do anything different to convince you to give me that shot because I'm already in the final mix and I know now it's not about me. It's about all these other things. So I'm actually a bit of a loss. I don't really know what to do. Okay. All right.
0: Well, I think that's a, I guess an interesting thing to talk about there because I think in this industry, whether you've got to that level that you're at or not, um, we're always auditioning and not hearing back and kind of not, there's a lot of things that are out of our control and we can't, um, We can't just make it happen you you just have to keep working towards it and doing the work and trust the process that, that eventually it will happen and that it's not necessarily anything that you're doing wrong but rather it's there's going to be a lot of right place right time kind of situations in this industry totally totally as you know, over the past few years, self-tapes have become the norm and they are being used by more and more industry professionals to cast all sorts of productions. I've personally recorded self-tapes for theatre, and TV and film and commercials, and it makes life easier for casting as they can see more options. But what isn't easy for us actors is finding someone to read for us in the moment that we need them. That's where We Audition comes in. We Audition is an online video chat community where you can call someone that has marked themselves available and they will read for you for your audition. You can use We Audition to rehearse, film or just ask questions that may help your audition. Last year I had an actor contact me who had never drank alcohol, who just wanted to know how to play drunk. Um, You can sign up to We Audition to be a reader yourself. I log into We Audition most days and I just leave it on and people call and I accept and I help them with their auditions. So you can earn a little extra cash doing that and you can just meet some great people. I even helped one of the main cast of Morning Wars tape an audition towards the end of last year. Look, it's a great platform and if you're gonna sign up to be a reader, it basically pays for itself. So if you wanna sign up to be a reader on We Audition, you can get 25% off using the Actors Making It discount code, MAKINGIT. So just go to www.weaudition.com and use the code MAKINGIT when you sign up. How do you keep motivated then, knowing if you're, if you're currently in that, that, that moment of time where you feel like you're at a loss of what to do, how do you keep yourself motivated and, and interested to keep working and
2: keep grafting? Yeah, I mean, like I put it this way. Like I'll be honest. Like I,
1: I thought about quitting like two or three times last year for sure. Um, but I, I think it's it's two things. Uh, on on the one, I think I have a very good support network. Like um, my partner, my girlfriend is super supportive, um, and she's my rock. And then I've got a good group of friends who we're all kind of at the same level. So we're all treading water together. And so sometimes, you know, that's super helpful because everyone gets it. Um, So that's like the positive spin of how I keep motivated. And then like the kind of the negative spin of how I keep motivated, the kind of Sith Lord spin is like, I look at a lot of people who are successful, who are, who, who I know are not very nice people like they're they're just not good human beings and like we've seen that a lot you know like look at someone like a Weinstein who would like the top of the game but like we know he's not a good person and sometimes you see other actors who maybe you also think are not that talented but they're quite successful and I just think to myself I have to stay because I have to take their seat at the table one day
2: right okay yeah. So
1: that's so, like the, that's the negative motivator.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, look. Whatever keeps you. Whatever keeps you going. Right. There's. I think there are going to be so many times in this. In. I mean, I think about it all the time. Like, there's going to be so many times on a on an actor's journey where they might feel like they want to quit, and that it's just never going to happen for them. Um, what was the What was the catalyst for you? last year kind of getting to that point of feeling like okay maybe i should just give up
2: uh
1: so like yeah last year yeah i was dude i was pinned like 13 times um i said i tested for like four series regs and then the other funny thing too was like the old ones are real fickle visa so i booked four jobs last year and then each time they decided they didn't want to hire someone in 01. So if I had a green card, I would have got the job, but 01, they wouldn't clear it, right? Which, again, beyond my control. So, like, old me, you know, and again, this is where it's like your perspective changes. Old me would have been like, I had so many wins last year. I was pinned so many times, and I tested, and all these things happened, and it was like, that'd be, like, so positive. Whereas, like, Mm -hmm. instead, like, and I know it's bad, but then I, I started to view all those things like a negative. Or like, I just, I can't get a job. I can't get work. I can't get booked Like How come? How come? And I was just like, look. I, and I thought, I'm like so unhappy. And I, yes, I wasn't happy when I was a lawyer. But like, at least I would be financially stable. And I could have a kid. And I'd probably own a house. And like, then maybe I'd, you know, be unhappy Monday to Friday and happy Saturday, Sunday. Whereas like as an actor you're like unhappy you're, like ninety nine percent of your life. So I was like, should I just go back? Yeah. And, and just do
2: that. But I I, I did it. So. Yeah. Okay. How long have you been in LA? in LA now?
1: Two and a half years.
2: Two and a half years. Like okay, so you moved just before the pandemic. Yep. <laughs> Perfect timing, Lee. Perfect
1: uh, right. timing. Right, just couldn't, couldn't have typed it better. Not
0: um, the I think it's an in, interesting topic to kind of cover here, which is the visa situation that you've just kind of talked about. Um, a lot of Aussies want to go to Hollywood to try and kind of forge a career. Um, what does the... What do you know what it was about the O-1 visa that meant that you were unable to work those jobs that you could have worked if you had a green card? Like, what What, what are the particulars of an, of an O-1 that you have to kind of stick to that people probably don't know but need to know before heading to L.A.?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, for those who don't know, so an O-1 is, a, is an employer-sponsored visa, so you can't just get... Someone has to sponsor you, so... Um... You, you have to have a job offer. And then technically, technically once you have an O1, there's a clause in the legislation that allows you to add any other jobs to the O1 as they come up, right? So so it is, once you have it, it's
2: technically an open work visa. But for, but for whatever reason, a lot of these companies don't want to want it, right? So they, the,
1: the way the U.S. law works is you can draft an internal policy. And as long as, as, long as you can point to an internal policy you're following, you're, you're basically allowed to enforce it within certain limits. So even though the O-1 has a specific statement that says any, any projects may be added to this as whoever sees fit, a company can have a mandate that says, we will only employ people on an 01 if we've sponsored the 01 or, you know, Hulu is specifically listed as a potential employer under the 01. So, you know, if, if, right. if your 01 is sponsored originally by, you know, Fox, or even though now they're Disney, then CBS can be like, ah, we don't want to, we don't want to mess with that. We have an internal policy right. that we'll only hire on the CBS sponsored 01 or or our own one or your O-1 has to mention CBS. So then it
2: becomes tricky. Yeah, okay.
0: So who, I don't know if you feel comfortable answering this, but who, when you go over, who sponsors you then? Are you, like, for you specifically, who, like, how did you get sponsored to get that visa? Uh,
1: so I, 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 was booked on, I was booked on an indie movie. Um, so, so they, they sponsored the O1, basically. And then it fell through because of COVID. Okay. So the funding dried up, and I didn't end up shooting it, unfortunately. But it still was the initial employment offer that allowed me to get an O one one visa. Oh,
0: so you don't have to stay with that particular, per- particular organization that sponsored you? You just get sponsored initially?
1: Well, so, well it's, it's, it's a complex... It, depends, right? So again, so it's like, let's say you book a Disney show, Disney can sponsor the O-1 and then it's an employment offer from Disney sponsored by Disney. But what often happens is if it's an indie project, it'll be, the indie project will be the original job offer but your agents or your managers will sponsor the visa. So then it's technically okay. your visa is under them and blah, blah, blah.
0: Got it sounds very confusing.
1: Um, uh, Oh, look, it's it's super
0: complicated.
1: (laughs) And even just just like Dom had similar experiences. But even so, I did a show for Hulu and they okayed it. Then I booked another Hulu show and they wouldn't okay. So there is literally like, I think a lot of the times, you know, they have a whole legal department. And it depends which lawyer your 01, whose desk it ends up on. Because if it ends up on Bob's, he's like, yeah, check that box. If it ends up on Steve's, he's like, nah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow. And at what point then can you apply for a green card or change to something that means you can do anything?
1: Yeah. So you can apply for a green card um, anytime you want, but you have to meet pretty stringent criteria. And I'm going through it now. And again, your, your entire life is now in the hands of a single case officer. For example, one of, the, one of the categories that you can check off is press,
2: right? My case officer
1: right now is like, look, I have a deadline article, for example. He's like, I do not consider deadline to be sufficiently reputable, so I'm denying, your, I, I am refusing to grant you the press category. So, you know, and you talk to anyone in our business, would you consider a deadline article of reputable press? They would say yes, presumably. But I just happen to get the one case officer who's like, no, nah, I don't think so.
2: Yeah, wow, okay. Frustrating. <laughs> a little. Would, you,
0: um, would you? Would you ever consider coming back to Australia to work? Because I feel like... I feel like I'm seeing so many, so much Asian representation in Australian productions now. Is, is, is this an industry that you would, uh, sorry, a, a region you'd consider coming back to, to pursue your acting career or is it LA or bust for you?
1: I mean, like ideally I'd love to move back. I'm so love Australia. You know, I miss it all the time, but I think, I think you have to be,
2: if you want to go, all the way, I think you have to be here. Because uh, uh, even if it shoots
1: in Australia, they probably cast all the big roles here anyway. So you kind of just have to be here. And, and, you know, if you look at like, you know, when you're Chris Hemsworth, you can move back to Australia. But when you look at even like our most successful Asian Australians like, you know, uh, Alexander Hodge and He uh, and um, Chris Pang, all those guys are here. Right, because okay,
0: you just have to Yeah, sure. Okay, um, with the just because we're on the kind of visa topic and the fact that you can't work outside of acting at the moment, um, do you think taking the money part out of it of you not being able to work outside of acting means you have you've got to kind of make your savings stretch? Do you think it's um. Do you think it's beneficial to to be able to be all in for acting and be really focused on that for you?
1: You know, I think I think that depends on your own
2: discipline. Right? Like, um right. it would be
1: like if I said to you know, if someone said to me, Hey, do you think I could get really ripped if I quit my job? Because then I would have you know all the free time to work out i'm like well in theory but then you still have to get up and go to the gym every day and you know eat right which you could still do if you had a job maybe it's a bit easy if you don't have a job but like are you if you quit your job are you really going to do that so i think you know in terms like is it easier is it beneficial only if you have the discipline to make that work right
0: so this is this is kevin who's just
1: uh (laughs) gorgeous
0: Just come into the screen, yeah. He's uh, coming in for a cuddle. Um, Do you feel that you have the discipline?
1: I mean, I have my bad days. (laughs) We all do, but, you
2: know, know, yes,
1: yes, I think so. I think so.
2: Awesome.
1: For example, you know, Um, and not not to whatever, but, like, the very first year I pursued this, I, I shot like 50 student films. I shot a student film like every weekend just because, <sighs> okay, because I wanted the set experience. And, you know, like, you know, student films are so hit and miss. And like, sometimes, you you know, like you're sitting on a milk crate eating, um, well, there's no food, but like I, I shot a student film every weekend for the first year. So I, I, I think, I think my discipline is is possible.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's, um, that's some awesome training there doing a, uh, doing a film every single weekend. Um, I, I don't know. I've like, if I talk about myself personally, I've got, I'm moving to London at the end of the year and nice. my intent is to not work in a corporate job. Um, I have a corporate career. I work five days a week as an organizational change manager because it pays well. And I, it, it, it Affords me the luxury that when I do actually get work because I am a contractor, I am like, oh, I am not coming in tomorrow because I've got something on, so I nice. get paid for my job. But I go and do, I go and do the student film or or whatever. Um, but I guess I am sort of living in this world of okay, when I get to the UK and I am not working in a corporate job, I'll have more time to focus on the stuff that I wanted. Like I'll have the time to. To, to really dedicate to being an actor and networking and I'll be able to say, yeah, I can, I'm free to come and do that table read with you, but I, there's a part of me that feels like I don't have that freedom at the moment. But then when I say that, holding myself accountable, I've got a class tomorrow night that I haven't learned lines for and I sat on the sofa all day watching television yesterday because it was pissing down with rain and it just felt easier to do than learning lines. <laughs>
1: No, but but that's you know, that
0: You know, no one's perfect. You know, you know that. So, yeah. No, 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 I know. But um, I, I think it's a, an, an interesting thought. A, thought uh, it's an interesting comment around well, if you don't have the discipline, it doesn't matter how much time you have. So I think when I move to London, I'm going to make sure I don't own a television.
1: Uh, but, but you have to own a television. Like. It's research,
0: right? <laughs> I will have a laptop to do research and watch and stream stuff. Maybe no television so that I don't feel so comfortable slobbing on the sofa all day.
1: Nice, nice. <laughs>
0: um, do you still uh, do scene work in classes and um, stuff like that at the moment?
1: I haven't for a while. I haven't for a while.
2: Um, yeah. So.
1: When I, but when I stopped doing class, then I, mm-hmm. then I made a commitment to do two plays a year in place of class. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: is, there, is there a lot of theatre in, in LA?
1: Yeah, there is. I mean, it's not like New York where it's like a theatre town and the theatre is of a certain, like, distinction, but, th- but there's a lot of theatre in there.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've never really heard much about
1: theatre actors in, um, in LA or, or plays happening. Yeah, because not to, like, you know, like this is so disparaging in a general statement, but it is a bit like theatre in LA feels a bit like TV actors who are bored and just have nothing to do, whereas it feels like, you know, New York is like, I love the theatre and I'm putting on this play because I really want to tell the story of, you know, the in or whatever it happens to be, whereas LA feels a bit like, oh shit, I haven't booked for six months. Better put on a play. Uh, plays. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure, okay. Um, outside of um, obviously not uh, kind of auditions coming through agents and, and you and you acting, what do you have interests outside of acting but within the industry around like directing, writing? kind of making your
1: own stuff yeah yeah like i, I write and and i i do di- like I've, I've directed a few short films and i, I really like directing um so yeah like I, I can honestly say i love the end-to-end process of our business like i love i love um editing and i like i'm not great at it but i like color correct even color correction and grading i find fascinating sound design like i just love everything about our about the actual creative part of our
0: business. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to. You've got to love everything about acting and be passionate about it if you're ever going to stick around in it long enough. Otherwise, you're going to kind of want to give up and actually succumb to giving up quite quickly if you're you're not passionate, right?
2: Totally, totally.
0: I've been, uh, yeah, I've, I've had some people that, I've spoken to that like after 18 months of kind of try- trying to make it in whatever way making it means to them, they're like, like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I've I've been at this for 18 months. I should be somewhere. I'm like, dude, like Margot Robbie grafted for 10 years before she got a first kind of gig. What are you talking about? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so... 100%. I love
0: it. You've got to love it. <laughs> I'm going to have to kind of let you go soon, but if you, I guess, as, a, as an Aussie kind of making it in LA and talking about all the, the visa stuff, what would be your advice um, that you would give anyone that was looking to make the shift, make the move to either Vancouver or, or LA to kind of follow their,
2: their acting dream? Look,
1: LA's very tough, right? Um, I, I wouldn't. I would only come here if you have one of two things, you have a lot of buzzy credits or one really buzzy credit, or you have reps here who are like very good reps, like, like, like middle top of the middle or top tier reps, because otherwise there's no point in coming here. Um, Okay. there's just too
2: much, too many people here. And, um, They just don't care. Uh,
1: You would be better off probably going to like Vancouver or Toronto or growing out in Australia, and building up your resume or going to even like Georgia Atlanta and working as a local there or something just to build something up. Because if you come to LA with nothing, you're like, you're kind of stuck. Like even. Even like, not that I'm saying I have an amazing resume, but even like my resume doesn't mean a lot to some casting directors here. You know, like, they're like, yeah, you know, he did this. He was a recurring guest star on the Man in the High Cast So, And I'd be like, okay, but who cares? And you're
2: like, all right. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, unless you have so, the, the best reps or very buzzy credits, don't come in.
0: I think that's a uh, probably really good advice because a lot of people, you know, there's, it's very easy to go, well, I, I, it's not working for me in Australia. So LA is where, where I've got to be. If I go to LA, then everything's going to fall into place. And that's not, I guess that's not necessarily the situation. I had a, I had a mate, I've got a, I've interviewed him for the podcast. He was like, his very first gig was, um, X-Men Origins. He was young Cyclops. But he still went straight back to working at event cinemas after that gig, yeah. and eventually moved to LA. And it, you know, he's not—he didn't like—he he did, he obviously he worked a little bit, but it's—it's it's not like it meant that he had that amazing trajectory immediately from working on a big, big film.
1: Yeah, man, it's tough. I, I think I think the only exception is—is is if you got to look at your the demographic of your market and then yourself because, like, let's say Vancouver, Vancouver is mainly Hallmark and CW, right? So if you're a very talented actor but you're not ridiculously good-looking, yeah, the market is actually probably what's holding you back, right? So it probably is the market and not you, and you should leave Vancouver to go to L.A. where you can, you know, where, like, you can actually audition for sitcoms and, like, HBO. So, so there is exceptions to that. But I think most of the time, you've got to grind it out in your own market and build a resume
0: for sure. Yeah, okay. Mm. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's good advice, I think. Uh, get lots of surgery and be really beautiful if you want to go and make it in Vancouver or yeah. have uh, really good credits for L.A.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the sad reality of our business, huh?
0: It is, it is. Well, Lee, thank you so much for um, for having a chat with me today. I really appreciate it. It's been great catching up with you. And I think there's some, some really good information and advice in here about A, making it in LA. But, you know, I think a lot of stuff around visas that people don't really, probably don't really realize.
1: Oh, um, I hope so. Thank yeah, Again, thanks for having me. And you yeah, had really good questions. Um, and, yeah, I hope there was something useful for people. So.
0: I think there is. All right, mate. Well, good luck on your journey to making it um, and enjoy your weekend.
1: Thank you. You too, man. Thank you.
0: Well, hopefully you got some interesting information out of that chat with Lee. Personally, I thought the O one one stuff was super interesting to know and something many Aussies need to keep in mind. I reckon just go for the Green Card Lottery, which next week's guest was lucky enough to win. And to be honest, he's one of probably about eight people who I personally know who have won the Green Card Lottery. Next week's guest is another Aussie actor making it in Hollywood, Josh Futcher, whose first acting gig was at Movie World, where personally I would die in that scenario, but Josh loved it. Tune in next week to hear his journey on actors making it.